0: Hey, what's up everybody? My name is Lyndall Keith. This is my very first episode of getting live with Lyndall Keith. And you're probably wondering who's this dude? What the heck's he going to talk about? I personally am extremely passionate about people's obstacles. Um, Cause I, I myself have had so many obstacles and made so many mistakes and sabotaged myself in so many ways. Uh, I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm married. I'm a business owner. I've had the experience of doing stand-up comedy in Hollywood and and acting and producing and working in the music business and a lot of cool stuff. However, I am a person in recovery from alcoholism and substance use issues. Mm -hmm. And that's been a major roadblock in my life. Um, So overcoming those obstacles and kind of Busting out on the other end, and it's a day to day process, man. It's a day to day process. So, this show is about featuring really cool people that are successful, but I want to hear more about a certain type of obstacle that just popped up that they had to deal with and figure out a way around it and through it. It could be tragedy, it could be trauma, it could be loss of a loved one. You know, on that road to success. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever it is that you want to create in your life, um, you know, there's obstacles, and there's so many cool, unique ways and perspectives. You know, there's like what I don't seven billion people on this planet. That means there's seven billion perspectives, and I really want to talk about um, cool, unique ways to overcome adversity and succeed. So um, with that, I want to welcome my first guest good friend of mine for a lot of years and it's been a pleasure having so many cool conversations with this gentleman his name is Dr. Gordon Chu and he's one of the most interesting people I've I've ever met and the most interesting background and has done so many cool things your mind just never ceases to amaze me I'm so blessed to be able to have some of the conversations that I've had with you um so we're we're going to get into a little bit of that. I want to take mm. back to you know kind of the, the young Gordon. You know what young your life, was, yeah, okay. what your life. How, was how like young how was
1: young, young do we want to go, right? So you know I was initially conceived, right? In the <laughs> of in the course. in 1974, <laughs> I got born, and let me tell you what they told me. Within 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 a few years of life, they would tell me that I am going to be discriminated by the white man.
0: Oh the white man.
1: Okay. And then and then be careful of the black man. All right. So who is they? Family members, right? So they would tell me this and it scared the bejesus out of me of what would happen. And then Uh I was attending Catholic school at the time, parochial school where oh, it no. was just me versus everybody else, <laughs> uh, mo- mainly Italians, right? So so I, you know, Chinese have a lot of gatherings, uh, especially during weddings. And one of the festivities they have is they have like chicken, all right? and But it comes with the head, all right? Or they'll have like pheasants. You know, if you're British, you have pheasants. So they have pheasants and it comes with the head. So what I would do is I came up with a plan well, I was like maybe eight, nine years old. And I would take all those heads and put them in a the lunch bag and bring them to school. And I would tell people, <laughs> right? I would tell people, um, mainly boys, who came up to me and I would tell them, you know why there's a difference between the sick man of Asia and Bruce Lee? Like, how could you have two extremes, right? Well, there are people who don't know the secret. The secret is that if you eat these bird heads, right? Then you will extract the power of Bruce Lee. And extreme intelligence <laughs> arrives, right? Because the bird is actually an ancestor, ancestor related to the dinosaur, the pterodactyl. So I came up with things like that in Catholic school, right? Meanwhile, we had the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and I would come up with this. And I said, because I shared my secret to you, you now need to be my brother. So, so I gained friends that way pretty quickly uh-huh. and became very popular Right, Either that or people got scared. I don't know, but it was just like, it worked. And so that was my tough moment to kind of like, how do you figure this thing out? Right. Yeah. And when, when your parents tell you one thing and then you have to figure out another way and I figured it out and pretty soon I became really popular in, in like middle school and high school by kind of like, you know, cheering people on coming with entertaining things. And I kind of dispelled all this so well. That I actually had very bad grades in high school. I mean, my grades, when I say bad, they weren't Fs or, or Ds. I mean, learning seemed very one. easy to me. I mean, <laughs> no, well, I, I graduated number 28 <laughs> out of 350 in the class, right? So that's more than 10%, but it wasn't mm-hmm. number one. It was off of number one by 27 spots. And my father was not happy with that. That's the others. That's the second obstacle. Right? <laughs> is that nothing you do is good enough unless you're number one? And he knew I could be number one. I just, I just was, I was number one in convincing everybody that I'm not going to be discriminated against. So I got all the lead roles in musicals. Oh. I did, you know, other things like that. And I then learned the secret power of conversion. What is that? I converted my father. He would come to the musical where I'm like the lead role. He would watch it. And he, his, his, all of his you know, views of me would suddenly be gone. All the chores I had to do would be delayed. And suddenly I could just be impressive because everybody else was saying I was impressive. And I knew that if I was going to win my father over and any kind of issues he was going through, I just had to be popular, Right, So, so, and then as long as other people were saying, what a great son you have, that, that did it. And so, but I did it so well that I actually didn't focus too much on my studies. And here I am, you know, and you have that acting side to you. So you understand what, what I was doing. And I, and I tapped on that briefly. And so I then had to make up a lie. Then I applied to Harvard but it was actually Howard University. Now, Howard and Harvard sound very similar. They both have an H, and they both end with a D, and they have a constant in between that's a V and a W, and different ethnic groups will say V, V, W, they're very similar, right? So I said that I applied there, and I got in, though. So I said, I got in. Now, if you get into Howard, that's an all-Black university, by the way, Um, and this was in the 1990s, right, the early 1990s, And I'm doing that kind of thing, and I get my acceptance. And I'm at church, and it's a Chinese church, and I get really, you know, cornered by someone who did get into Harvard, um, Harvard, not Howard. And they're now pressing me to, to to speak the truth. So I, you know, all right, whatever, you know, here, I, it's Howard, it's not Harvard. Well, it suddenly becomes the laughing stock of the entire New Jersey. Everybody knows about this. This was like an event that in history amongst the Chinese that this guy came up with a lie to make sure that he could like please his family and do things like that, even though he knew what was more important, but did he? So I was either going to Howard or going to Rutgers, one of those places, but I was not going to Columbia or anything like that because I just didn't have the grades. My SAT score, which I said-
0: yeah. Right. That's I said it openly. Yeah.
1: Right. And then you like that. So, right? so this is all real. So when I got a 1200 on my SATs and that was really trying hard because my dad said, memorize the dictionary. That's what he did. He went to Columbia and he says, if you memorize the dictionary, so all right, I try memorizing the dictionary. I try four times every time it knocked me out cold. I mean, within 10 minutes I'm, I'm out, you know, I can't memorize the dictionary. Like I go for the letter A, a bait what does that mean? Right. So then, so then I'm going through that and then I try the letter B. Right. All right. Brevity. I don't know. So it's just like crazy. So I just like, it doesn't work. And can you believe that I'm a tutor today? He didn't believe it either. So it's like in a super tutor. So I figured out a way later on to learn without learning uh-huh. and that that's useful. But, but backing into that, that moment where you're going to nowhere and I opened the door at church for this individual. And because everyone's talking about me having come up with this lie, right? Well, I opened the door and this guy gives me an application to Rensselaer. Now, Rensselaer, the score today to get in is a 1500 roughly. Okay, out of 1600. So that's a, that's a major upgrade. That's a 300 point upgrade. You know, you sit in the economy class and someone upgrades you to first class. This is like giving you like multiple first class upgrades. So I got it. And so when you read that I was summa cum laude, so four years later at Rensselaer, I would graduate number one in the school, even though I got in with a 1200. So, so you know, in life, if you get upgraded, then you're going to say to yourself, I am never, ever going to do this again. I am not going to go. And because I fear um, relationships and other things, I have to overplease instead of doing that. I'm just gonna do my thing of being a top student, do my part, right? But I, boy, do I love that acting stuff. So I did a lot of public speakings, Toastmasters, other things like that. And I tutored yeah. on the side. And the more I did that, the more um, I would be, uh, become more of me, rather than the fears I had to deal with, right? Because you're born, and my, great, my grandfather gave me a name My father called me Gordon because that was the first guy that gave him his job, his first job,
0: electrical engineer.
1: My grandfather, though, said, no, 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 we're not going to call him uh, anything ordinary with his Chinese name. We're going to call him Chu, you are great, Chu the great. So you're going to call me Chu the great when I have nothing great about me? So my whole (laughs) life, I have to live in that kind of like size 50 shoe. Right. Yeah. And the expectancy,
0: the expectancy
1: there. How do you get to, how do you get to become great? First, you got to get older. So, so it's like, it's like, I'm working on it, but I'm working on nothing's happening. Well, the, the whole thing with my bio degree, which was what I was studying. I was studying for pre-med. And I get into uh, a 4.0 in my first year and I get no internships. Nobody wants to hire me. What else do you want? I have a perfect GPA, but you don't want to hire me. So I switched majors to chemistry, and that's when I got into um, NASA. And NASA's program was Origins of Life. So, so that's another hit. Is that so? Perfection doesn't mean that you get opportunity either. Perfection may be. It may be great to be perfect. But only by looking backwards, like how do you know you're, you, were, you were pretty before? How do you know you were handsome before? It's only when you become ugly, right? When you're ugly, you can see you're pretty, right? So only in back, hindsight, right? I could say the 2020 thing, but that doesn't feel as, as, as direct and meaningful as you only know you were good when you're ugly, right? You only know that. And then so you know that it was useless to be a 4-0. I say that to my dad. He doesn't understand it. And then I would tell you, like you know, how we met, right? Eventually, it would be in skincare. Demi Moore, those days, and that's why I got the attention of the LA Hollywood scene and all that stuff. Because in Hong Kong, I already had three million fan base, right? They were all listening to this type of stuff with the skincare. Now, how did I get in skincare? I wasn't even a doctor yet. By the time I'm now, I'm jumping, right, from Rensselaer. I'm jumping through my masters into my doctorate, just so you can condense it all into one story. Well, yeah, you know you want to know how i got into that i'll tell you
0: yes yeah yeah because that's such an interesting that's around the time that i met you and
1: in i remember 9-11 you- do you remember 9-11 how did 9-11 affect us it was bad
0: right it was bad horrible yeah horrible, horrible right okay. i remember yeah. the exact spot that i was and i remember the phone call that woke me up to the news and i mean <laughs> and you you lived in new york at that time yeah I was being
1: paid to go to med school. I was being paid to go to med school. This is not a a, a glitch glitch in the recording. I was paid to go to med school. That's like, I was salaried to go study medicine. That's how good I got myself too, right? Not the 4.0, not anything. I had accomplished patents and other things, nothing like 28. Back then it was one, but it was like most people who apply into medicine don't have all these things going for them. So they paid me to go to med school. I could go to Harvard. I could go anywhere I chose. And I wanted to go to New York because I grew up in New Jersey. And if I could make it in New York, I could make it anywhere. So I wanted Manhattan. Yeah, Yeah, I wanted Manhattan. I want, just like the lyrics, I wanted Manhattan. I wanted Wall Street to appreciate who I was. So I applied. And and all these schools got into 40 different med schools. But I chose to go to New York. Well, that was the wrong choice and the right choice. Because if you change one of those choices, everything else could change. It's like a fork in the road. Well, in the year 2000, I was dating this girl that went up dying in 2001, right? 9-11, that whole event, right? She went up dying. I didn't even like her that much. But the problem is I was still dating her and she died. And that affected me so much oh. that, that I just couldn't function anymore. I, could, I would be lost in the subway for six hours. You could get in trouble for that because what happens is the school says, wait a minute, we're paying you a million dollar scholarship, right? And you get lost in the subway, right? You get the highest scores on the medical college admissions test, but you get lost in the subway. I was just not happy, Keith, right? It was just like, Lindahl, it was just like, kind of like why you went and had those abuses, right? You went to go into a different corner in your life. I... I was in a different corner that I couldn't even control. Everything just turned upside down. And so God was challenging me in a different way. And I just didn't have it in me to be challenged. I said, like, this is just too much. Well, I went to a psychiatrist because when you're being covered by government, this was the NIH, you get the best doctors working with you. You know what they said? You want to know what they said? And I said, they said to me that we don't quite know how to help you because we've never experienced this before. I could have told myself that, right? So so it's like, right? So yeah, and now I'm the one, right? Now I'm the one in the top programs and they're saying like, you know, well, when the Hong Kong radio thing showed up, because I had the example in high school where I was like, you know, really popular and I became popular, I became popular with a one minute, interview where I said, ladies out there, you want to know why you get wrinkles? It's because a product inside products called sodium lauryl sulfate dries out your skin. And that's what causes wrinkles. If you just avoid sodium lauryl sulfate, that'll do wonders for your skin. And that went viral. That one piece went viral. And then I got my own gig on the show. And then I would call from a payphone Back then, there was no Zoom, right? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't even YouTube. And, uh, it was on a payphone. Pay
0: it was a payphone
1: That's right. It was a payphone. <laughs> my number was the same. That 917 number, it's the same number. Well, I, I call from a payphone, and then um, I would do my recordings, and it would be launched out there. They would clip it and do all kinds of audio work on it, and then I would have to fly back and meet the fans. Well, how do you focus on med school? right? And that was pass fail by the way. So I did, I did what any smart individual I guess would do is I lowered it down to barely passing because then I could use all my time and skip all my classes and do, do it. But I was MD and PhD. So now suddenly I have an issue, right? Yeah. With um, wow. what's more valuable, which one would you choose? Right? And all my guy friends told me that I should definitely choose to stick with the MD PhD program. But there was one individual that told me otherwise, and his name was Professor Michael Cox. Professor Cox was um, was a was a very exotic individual. How exotic? He would, only now recently I've learned this from his uh, his wife. Is um, the late Professor Cox was dying of brain cancer when he treated me to be my mentor in business, and he said to me. If you're going to really survive this, you need to move. You need to leave Manhattan. Go where? Keep Hong Kong, right? But transfer all your credits to like somewhere like New Haven, right? I mean, look, you know, Yale's not going to take me. I'm not talking about Yale. Oh, we're talking about, because everybody knew that I was lost in subway, people talk. So he said, I'm talking about taking natural medicine and giving it a chance to make yourself unique. What the? Natural medicine, I'm one of the top individuals being paid. Do you want to live? Go to natural medicine. His justification in business was Whole Foods was coming up, Trader Joe's. And by the way, in the future, they're not going to be able to pay for some of this treatment stuff, right? So he would call crap. And he says, why don't you become a leader there? Go there. And and by the way, I would eat McDonald's, other things. I didn't care. I I I was 190 pounds, right? So I was severely overweight yeah overweight but i was i i had everything going for me and yet i was dying and a dying man saves me and i trained with him to learn about business tactics and techniques that talk about looking and observing for that 1% mm-hmm. and making it multiplying it right well he changed me and by going over there i could transfer all my dermatology stuff everything over there and i could still be that special Doctor, but at the same time, now I was untouchable because all the allopathic doctors don't want to be a natural doctor, and but you had both best of both worlds. So when that branding came about, that's what that, why LA went crazy. It was like this is really you know this is really unique. And that person, by the way, her name is Melissa Levine. Mel Levine used to work under Carter Armstrong and Warner Brothers so she she became a big fan of my 25 20 years plus years ago probably 25 I don't want to do it their service but it was like that time period she said wow there's a, there's a real individual and she kept talking about me. So I got like trips to Warner and other places because I had all these fans from all these ladies talking about what, how this stuff would help them, like drinking different waters and, and, and oh. supplements and stuff like that. Well, all right. So that, that created my first opportunity under such extreme situations by listening to a guy right? And taking his advice and transferring. Well, guess what I ended up getting? I ended up getting a 3.7 on a 4.0 GPA, right? At University of Bridgeport doing my naturopathic program. And then you know who my patient became? My patient before I even graduated was the Sultan of Malaysia. So Royal King. Wow. Yeah. So So people would fly over to see me in Connecticut and soon I would have 10,000 patients. It was wild. And then if you look up rubbing stomachs, I came up with something that's called rubbing stomachs to help people lose weight and things like that. While I didn't combine it with exercise, I came up with this and I was funded by L'Oreal with all their different abdo chocks and other things that had caffeine Mm -hmm. and other things like that. And it became a technique. Hey, if I opened up a chain then, it would have been crazy, right? Well, you're like, hold on.
0: Let me consult the uh, Sultan really quick and see what (laughs) the Sultan has to say about all this riff oh, yeah. raff going on oh yeah uh, um so uh, i want to shift gears really quick sure. so so gordon man you you consider yourself a futurist and i love that word and the futurist has to do with like the, the patent world and the invention and, and the cool stuff that goes on to create things that we use in our everyday life that gives us you know Um, tools and and liberties to be healthy and happy and all these things. Um, In regards to patents, you you mentioned something to me the other day about uh, the, the patents are a a good way to build long lasting generational wealth. And you kind of compared it to real estate in a way. So touch on that a little bit. What, what, What do you mean by comparing it to real estate and how, the world of patents can create wealth because, you know, I'm interested in creating wealth and I want to hear as many cool things as I can that could open up several different revenue streams, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm talking about the floodgates of the Nile. If you come up with a patent for anything and you keep trying and doing these things, First of all, it doesn't hurt. Like you can't like invent a patent and then suddenly your arm hurts. No, (laughs) you write a patent, you come up with something like that. You get it funded. You have to weave it. You have to become really good at it and you keep working on these things. And, you know, as you can see, I have 28 patents and they're very diverse from bandages to um, plastic materials to mobile devices to wearable battery charger. If you type in wearable battery charger, you'll see my name on it. Is that why would you need a wearable battery charger? I was trying to build the Iron Man suit, right? The exoskeleton. What? All right.
0: What like
1: the legit Iron Man suit? The legit Iron Man suit, you know. So I wanted to build the different pieces of it. I got patents in brain development technology, so that you can actually connect your brain and move objects externally. That was Je- Jedi mind, right? Yeah, the Jedi mind, right? So yeah, you were working on that around the time that I met you. Very yeah, interesting. Right? Yes. Even so, so the guy who 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 had this concept, he was actually looking to. His name is Brent Fouch. He wanted to read people people's dreams. But I said mm-hmm. that doesn't work. <laughs> he he wanted to create a, a device. He's a stockbroker and he wanted to create a device that could uh, Always wanted to do that. Right? Yeah, well. Gosh, right. I know. I have
0: so many dreams, so many movies, man. I have so many cool movies If I've you could only about. remember
1: like you you while you're dreaming, you're saying, I yeah. need to write this down. Get up. Write it down and then you don't get up and then you find out that you're dreaming, you're getting up and then you find yeah. out that it's not true. Well, Imagine if you could isolate your alpha waves and move objects. This became a gaming device, actually. So if you focus Mm. your alpha waves, you can shoot a weapon in in the video game. So it actually works. Yeah, it works. So I touched on that. And so you do all all these different kind of things, and you come up with things that really um, are way out there. And you're staking your flag in 2036. It's not even 2036 yet, right? So 16 years to go, And suddenly it hits. And you become a hit, and you suddenly realize that wait a minute—is that still me? Is that real? That's how exhilarating patents can be. There's not a lot of people competing with you, because people always say like a lot of people are there coming up with an idea. Well, I'll give you an example of an idea that hasn't been come up with, and this uh, uh, this piece of equipment has been around for very long. Um, it's been around for a long, long time. It's the piano. The piano is made of wood. Why is it still made of wood? Right. So, so it could, it could be now, of course there's the keyboard, but I'm talking about the same piano, like the baby grands and the, you know, the, the, all those, the Lafaxiolis. And then you talk about that. How come we don't make new materials so that, so that we can eliminate the flaws of wood and people say, well, there's no flaw in wood. Yes, there is. You got to tune it all the time. So, so you don't have to tune your keyboard, right? But you have to tune your piano. Well, isn't there somewhere in between well, that's a great idea. It could be, it could resuscitate the entire piano industry. Piano is such an incredible instrument. And yet it's so sad that we, we have, we need all that space. And yet the whole world is going in the direct, other direction of smaller spaces. Right. Uh-huh. So you have yeah. to, like, how about a lighter weight piano? Huh, so you don't have to move it so much. How about graphene? <laughs> right. It could be, or a carbon fiber or something like that. So the yeah. point is that there are inventions just lying out there. Waiting and also inventions that people just throw in the garbage can, including my nine eight nine six five six five was thrown in the garbage can. And yet, what does that
0: mean? Nine eight nine six five six five. That's
1: the patent number. Right. So Which if you patent? type in nine eight nine six five six five and type in my name or not my name, you'll find my name, and it's on the plastics fusing with the
0: graphene. Okay, that's okay. Gotcha. That's the patent you're referring to. Okay.
1: Cool. Oh yeah. So so that. It was like you do these cool things that can survive acid. Now, why would you need to survive acid? Well, don't we want to go discover new planets? Don't we I want survived to acid?
0: Co- I did a lot of that in high school. I, I survived. Acid. <laughs> yeah, there
1: you go. You survived acid. So, so you totally. see, right? So, I'm talking about hydro, hydro sulfuric acid, hydrochloric mm-hmm. acid, nitric acid. You <laughs> can survive all these acids, right? That's unique. It's unique because no plastic can survive acids. Like of that level, and so now the plastic's different. But now, what happens when Raytheon notices you, or the U.S. military notices you, and starts saying, "Well, those exoskeletons could make the super soldier program." Well, super soldier is one step closer to the Iron Man suit, right? Because if we could make super soldiers protect individuals that go into the military, so that no matter what you throw at them, they're they're. In, this is like James Bond you know who you know who i am i'll give you an example who i am in a very simple sentence you remember batman all right you remember robin i'm not robin and i'm not batman i am alfred right so i'm I'm, uh, uh, so i'm alfred everybody needs an alfred right so he's the the intelligence
0: he's the third being you know like synergy the formula one plus one equals three yeah not really two because when two or more are gathered another Mm -hmm. intelligence shows up so I guess my
1: I guess my my whole thing about like you know family being central in everything I do, um yeah. realizing that life because I mentioned Millie Dreselhouse and she got that freedom of Medal in twenty fourteen. That's the highest award in this country. And then oh. and then in twenty seventeen she's dead. Right? So three years, what would you do with three years left in your life? So I in twenty seventeen Uh, I became a high school teacher, 2016, I retired, and 2017, I became a high school teacher, and I taught at EF Academy and also the Horace Man. The Horace Man is the number one private school um, in in New York, and so, so, you know, and so when you think about what I did to learn how to run a school, I did it to learn how to run a school. Now, most people go and do this differently because they want to learn about teaching or they want to teach for a profession. I want to learn how to build my own homeschool so that I could run this. And then my kids wouldn't have to go out there, uh, but I wouldn't be like just thinking about some fabricated version of a school. I would actually have to be trained and I could get paid doing it. And so I did that and formed the Dr. Wholesome's Academy because I knew that the coronavirus was coming. 10 years ago, I'm in a movie working on the H1N1 and um, and I mentioned that within 10 years, we'll probably have another one of these viruses. Uh, at pandemic level, not just. I remember.
0: You know. I remember reading about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So most people that. who know me, like you know me, when you hear something like that, you think, like, that guy's strange.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when you're, (laughs) when you're a real estate broker, all right, real estate, real estate broker, you know, would you rather have real estate or would you rather broker real estate? Of course, have real estate, right? Because then you control the, uh, the destiny, you have the asset. Patents are very much like that. Would you rather Mm -hmm. watch someone patent (laughs) or you want to be a lawyer that, that helps people uh, file patents or would you rather patent, right? So, so that's where the, the combination of the real estate. Now, patents, you don't want to spend your time writing a patent that will not deliver. So you have to like really study things. Like, and you also don't get patents awarded to you unless they're novel. So they can't be found in any book or anything like that, or, you know, they have to be completely way out of this world. And if they're not in this world right now, that's why you get a patent. And that's why they award. So I've been awarded multiple patents out of those 28. And every time it's added to my wealth. So, let me use real estate for example, right? Hard, physical real estate. Uh-huh. I have 10 million of real estate. That's how much real estate I have. Um, and I don't have any real estate that has any offices, any residential, um, medical offices or anything like that. I only have grocery stores and pharmacies. Really? Yeah, only that, right? Only that as a class. And this is a real story. And where, where
0: where at in in your area or in different parts of the country?
1: Different parts of the country, not nothing in New Jersey, and so, New so, Jersey. so yeah, okay. nothing in New Jersey. Ten million dollars worth. Of, no, so if you were to make ten million dollars worth of bets, right? Grocery stores don't cost that much, so pharmacies don't cost that much. So you have to be buying a lot of these types of things, and then at the same time you have to have a very certain kind of palette for something, right? And I'm talking about in 2017, I had no real estate. In 2018, I had 4 million. And in 2019, I had 10 million in real estate. So, so that's the total amount of real estate I have. And they're all this type of asset class. So when you think about it, that particular palette, and now we're in 2020, did you know something? Did you Since you knew that, And then it's one thing to know, like you say, like, I want, I think that that stock's going to go up and then, all right, go put all your money there, right? Put your money where your mouth is, right? So you you do that kind of thing. Well, I actually did that. And these brokers thought I was weird. They said like, what's so special about grocery stores and pharmacies that, um, that a gym couldn't do? I don't want any gym. No, 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 no gyms. Restaurants, no, no restaurants, right? That's a very particular kind of palette based on something you know. So if uh-huh. I told you that something was going to happen, now I have to believe it too. If I'm just saying it's going to happen and then I don't, I don't, I don't buy into it, then you get burned, right? When you know if you're right, what's the point of being right if you don't listen to yourself, right? So, so it's like you have these voices, you know, of intuition that come into you, and then you go and do it, and that's what's happened. So now I do these real estate talks too because people say like, wow. This is like more intriguing than Robert Kiyosaki because he talks about rich dad poor dad. But you, you know, you came up with your own theories about
0: things, and this thing happened. Uh uh-huh. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, do you have do you have a particular routine that you follow every single day? Um, and you know, what does that include? Do do you focus on? Do you have like a practice of, of gratitude? Do you journal? Do you visualize? Do you? Uh, what, what's your What's your thing? That you believe has really helped you to get through obstacles, overcome hurdles, and uh, continue trudging the road of happy destiny. <laughs> I love, I love that line. That's from the Alcoholics Anonymous book. Really oh. good book. It's a, it's mm. a great book. Um, oh, and great. Yeah, tr- to continue trudging the road of happy destiny, that is our goal. So, so I'll give what was that, um, uh, that? Winston look like Churchill
1: said that um, kites go only go higher in the air. When they go against the wind, he noticed that, right? And he's, and he came up with that that kind of observation. Uh-huh. People, not many people talk about that, but kites go higher when they go against the wind. So I don't, um, I don't have journals. I don't write anything. You, like if I died tomorrow, you wouldn't see anything. Uh, you couldn't find anything. I don't do that kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. I, I I don't meditate. Right, will uh-huh. think that I maybe my he meditates. I don't meditate now. I do pray before dinner each night with my family, um, uh-huh. and I and I. But that's not really asking for things. Um, right. I asked for something when I was very young, though, and I prayed at church and I asked that the let the Lord um, give me not the wisdom of Solomon. Right. I don't want the wisdom of Solomon to only fail him. I asked that he would train me. And, and, and make sure that I never fail him. Now, whatever that means, right? And I also asked him to write my love story. I don't know who's the right girl for me anymore. This was later on in life. Um, but I asked him to provide me someone who would be in his will, right? The, my love story. To write it because he knows me best. He created me. So I prayed for that. And then Teresa came into my life eventually, and then we have our family. So when you have these two prayers in your life that continue to go on and on and things happen to you, I never blamed them. She would say, like, how can you never curse God uh, for the things that happen? All right. People have asked me that. Curse God. That's crazy. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, I, I asked him for, for training. So he trained me. This is part of the training course. So, so I look at yeah, life. That yeah, for way. the for the wisdom,
0: for the wisdom to carry on. You know, I mean.
1: Yeah, you know, but for yeah, but the, will, the, the so. protection, I said you since you create everything, you could create me in a way that I never fail you. I just don't want to fail you. Like when it's time to go, I don't want to say like, God. I don't believe in you anymore. I believe in graphene or something. I don't want that to happen. (laughs) I believe in
0: patents. The longevity
1: of patents may they live on. And that's the ultimate loss, right? If you, if you, it doesn't matter if you succeed in life. I think in the very end, when you look back at it and you think of the song, you know, um, you know, my way, right? You know, and you look look at it and say, all right, it doesn't really matter, but did I do it in my way. And what was my way when I was younger? I said, you know, I just want to have that. So that's why I formed a homeschool because it, you know, if I could use my lifeline, which is my time here to help my family to become better, not to get them into a certain position, they become better so that they can live life more holistically in the sense that they can appreciate different things, paint, sing, do other things, enjoy life right? But yeah. not be spoiled and not be like that. Learn to be have, have grace. That's why, that's why I have to spend my hours now like this. Because if I went and ran around and traveled the world and did that, let's say I was still working on graphene and this COVID-19 happened, then I would have stopped. My company would have had to stop. Everything would have stopped. But because I switched into homeschooling uh-huh. and then I tutor kids and they come have coaching lessons with me, my life hasn't skipped a beat. My kids haven't skipped a beat, and I, and because of the real estate and a certain selection, it hasn't skipped a beat. It was, it was really being prayerful in the very beginning, um, and then and then letting it happen. Like I'm not saying like you have to be like at church every day. I'm talking about a deep communication with the Creator, and then at that point, letting it all happen. Like let it go. Let it happen, right? And then it'll just take care of itself. You don't have to like go and write things down. He knows. You don't have to like keep doing it, but you have to believe and never go back on, your initial prayer. You have those initial prayers and then you kind of like, what would be the most important thing to pray for? So the first prayer has to be when you're really young, because as you get older, you get really, your mind gets contaminated and all whacked out of shape, right? So, so you know. Oh,
0: absolutely. Especially all the, all the programming and images that are just shoved down our throat and so much distraction and look at this and look at that. I mean, no wonder ADD and ADHD has spiked tremendously since social media took over, man. right? I mean, just the algorithms and the dopamine hits, you know, it's talked about openly now by the founders of these social media networks. It's all over YouTube. They talk about it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. created this way. And, uh, you know, so many people are experiencing anxiety from it. And just so to
1: when doctors so when you're really young, right, make sure you yeah. encourage your children to have a prayer because I I I guess I randomly did it myself and then mm-hmm. I don't know, I just felt God's presence and I, and I, and I did it. And then later on, like that 9-11 event, um, that triggered me to make that second prayer in life. I was saved by Billy Graham, um, uh, in, uh, in 1990. So 1991, that time period, but by, oh, the, wow. he was, yeah,
0: he was he killing it back then.
1: Oh yeah. And then, so by, by 2001, we're talking about 10 years, uh, you know, or so uh, I would have my, my blip in life, but I already was saved. And then, and then I made my other prayer. I wouldn't make my second prayer when I got saved. I didn't know what to pray for. It was like, oh, so we're going to be more Christ-like. All right, that's wonderful. And I, I just kind of lived like that, and I just became more spiritual. But I didn't pray for anything until nine eleven. And I, and it wasn't just right at that moment. It was after yeah. Professor Cox and all that. And I, and I said, you know just write my I'm 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 just done. I'm 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 spent. That's what I, that's the best word. I'm spent. So I need you to come and write my love story. And it didn't like possess him, you know, you got this. No, it didn't happen like that. I became popular in Asia and I had a lot of dates, right? I was different <laughs> date every night, you know, it's like that kind of thing. But my wife would read about me in a hair salon in New York. And her friends would read me. she's ten years younger than me. Goes uh-huh. to this, went to the same university that I went to for undergrad, but 10 years younger. So time folding upon itself, just like graphene, just like other things. This is once again, the time folding. Yeah. And then, and then she followed me around the world. You met her uh, in LA, that kind of thing. She helped me do that kind of thing. And I, and it was just like the Lord reaching out and making sure this would happen. So we married and we met in six on my birthday. And then we uh-huh. married in 2010 had our first child in 2014, uh, that was the same year as the TED Talk, and then 2016, second, second daughter. And then from there, it was like, once my second daughter was in my arms, I brought my first daughter to 11 countries, I tried to keep it going, right? Tried to keep it going, yeah. I tried to keep it going. We That's lived tough. in hotels, right? Yeah. So now imagine how my friends would say, like, you have the life. She has a really cool life living in hotels. But think about when she grows and becomes 8, 10, 15 years old, and she's like not having any any, any rooted, grounded friendships, right? So I looked at that. When my second daughter was born, I thought about that. And I, um, I basically quit. I ended everything. Now – if you remember, all of this is just all noise, right? All this is noise. Whether I'm in graphene or real estate, whatever, this is all noise, Yeah, right? We Down to the very bottom of it is who are you and how do you want to die? Have you done everything that you have no regrets? If it's meant to be, let it go. And if it comes back at yours, well, let it go. So I let the graphene go. I let those things go. And now what I work on are John Connors. These are the people of the future. I'm changing the future faster than writing patents is because Mm I tutor kids. I let them, you know how I would do it? I have 481 kids I've tutored in two and a half years, 481. 60% of them have scored in the top 25,000 spot spot in the country when there's two and a half million test takers on every exam. How do Mm -hmm. you get that spot? What did you do to them? I'll tell you my secret so that everybody knows. I pretend that I am them. And then what happens is I take their their weaknesses and I try to figure out just like Alfred and Batman what how to prevent those weaknesses from affecting them. And I give them what I've discovered now. I tell them all of the issues and then they go in and take the test. And oh, you know what I love that, that. Right. So that so is awesome. It has it's the best trick in the world because what happens is For me, I don't get any out of this. I do get paid, but I don't get anything out of it other than my distraction. I'm highly distracted, right? So I I don't really think about anything else. They um, benefit because they get those great scores and high scores, but they don't really benefit that much. After telling the fifth round to their friends, uh, hey, I got uh, this score and score, so-and-so, their friends don't wanna hear it anymore. But what they end up leaving after these, um, these meetings with me is they become scholarly. They realize that there's somebody in this world that kind of touch pointed with them at that trajectory. Um, and we happen to cross paths. And then their goal is to become scholarly and giving. So you know what will happen in the next five, 10 years as these kids grow, grow and they're at all these different universities is to do something great with your life, right? let it go.
0: Yeah. Touch, yeah. Touch humanity. You know, uh, Jim Rohn, I really love Jim Rohn. I love listening to a lot of his philosophy Mm. teachings. And, you know, one of his quotes is, it's not what you get out of life. It's what you can get from life.
1: Mm. Givers gain.
0: Yeah. Unless they want to.
1: Right. (laughs) Givers gain unless they want to, you know, I think the,
0: I think the little, uh, the, 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 um, the story behind that in the Bible is really, really quite relevant. And it talks Mm. about the guy who prances down the aisle with his money and shows off what he's putting in the offering plate, that Mm. little feeling that he gets that little tingle from that action is sure to be his only reward. Mm. I love that. I I, I love that. Like, you know, give generously Mm. and receive graciously. Mm. You reap what you sow. It's been said so many different ways. And at the root of it, that's the, that's the truth of things at the heart of who we are, you know? We're, yes. we're meant to be giving to each other, we're meant to be helping each other out, we're meant to collaborate, we're meant to be cooperative, you know, all of these things, not fighting and killing each other, you know? Yeah. That, we're, we're really so interconnected. Right. And, you know, I think one of the most powerful things that we can do is really work hard to understand Mm. how connected we actually are yes, and understand that every action that I take, I'm really taking that action on myself. Yes, that's correct. So if I'm hating another person, I'm really only affecting myself. Of course, my actions can affect them too. But Mm. every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, you know? Right yeah you know and it's it's such a cool thing it's such a cool thing and that's one of the that's one of the reasons that i really wanted to do the show was you know to Mm. to get that kind of messaging out there to to really implore people to do some Mm. serious soul searching and and some serious getting connected with their their higher self michael jackson said it best man i know there's a lot of Points of view on Michael Jackson. But that song, Man in the Mirror, is what it is.
1: And by the way, Keith, you know, Lindahl, you know, how I got the $10 million in real estate was actually helping a kid. Um, He had everything in life, but he didn't have the scores. And by helping him get that score, that family introduced me to a bank, but then got me the loan to be able to get the first piece of real estate.
0: And so two years ago-
1: From nothing, no real estate to 10 million real estate happened because of that catalyst. Now, from that point, other things had to happen. But the initial point, we always have to go back and look at that ground zero point, that very point of action and give it credit for what it is. It yeah. came from helping a kid. So Absolutely. people say, oh, tutoring, you know, you just tutor. If you do something, you do the best you can do, the right thing you can do, even if 999 times nothing happens, well, the 1,000th thousand time, 1,001 time, somebody of certain significance is going to notice that, and they may do something that changes
0: your life forever. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, you know, it's the more, the more clear... The more clear that we get on our reasons, on our why, the why that we do things, what's the greater purpose, what type right. of legacy do I want to leave, what type of impact do I want to leave. Uh, leave, hmm. leave you know? and so many people have said to me in the past, "Lindell, I just want to make a difference in the world. And my response is always, you already are. Every time you go out in the public, Mm. when you go to the grocery store, the Mm. way that you show up, you're constantly creating a ripple effect. You're constantly making a difference. Mm. And that kind of renders some people speechless. They're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Mm. So, you know, if if we were all able to get to the place of understanding that, that no matter what, we are always making a difference – everything affects everything a hundred percent. That's right. You know, and if there's like a a meeting, a group of people, it would be totally different if you weren't there. Mm. Everything affects everything, you know? And I think the more that, you know, we're not taught that stuff. And the more that I believe that we educate ourselves on, on the truth of who we are and how things actually work, we can really start to see some serious change.
1: Well, I would like to see a human land on an exoplanet. I don't want it to be an android. I don't want yeah. it to be a machine. I think we've all failed. I don't care if they're black, white, Asian, as long as it's a human, right? Now, to get that, we have to really make that leap. And that's why this whole virus thing and, and stuff like that becomes such a um, unifying experience because we yes. all have to come together. For our survival, because as long as one person doesn't do the proper social distancing, do the proper things, and they become infected, it means that a hundred more get infected from that one infected. So, so now of course there's the solution of the vaccine and other things like that. But at the moment when the virus, a new virus appears on Earth, and we now have to fight it, we have to come together. So how come we can't utilize this to remind ourselves, hey? Stick together. It's not about if you hide in a bunker somewhere and you still run out of food and you come out and it's I am legend and it's just you, it's not too <laughs> fun, is it? Right? It's just not, not I've fun. I thought right? about
0: that. I thought yeah. about that like, as I'm getting ready to, yeah, to right. leave the house because I haven't left the house very many times in the yeah. last over a month. And as I'm right. getting ready, that thought has crossed my mind like, man, I, I feel like I'm about to step into an apocalypse, you know? like getting ready i've got the masks now we got some some gloves that you know i'm gonna be rocking next time i leave the house and i'll be all spiffy with my my gloves and my mask <laughs> oh, um, yeah. and whenever i leave again i don't know when that's going to be um but man i, I really want to thank you for being here dr gordon sheer and, and helping me create this first episode and uh you know i want to give a shout out to christy page in los angeles she's going to be doing all the graphics on the back end and the post and wow. and getting this show really ready for, for YouTube. All right, I got to tell you about Herberol. So Herberol is one of my sponsors. And if you know anything about me, you know, I only represent and talk about products that actually work and those that care about the environment and are socially conscious and, and things of that nature. So... Um, For focus, mood, clarity, and energy, there's absolutely nothing better that I've tried. And it's completely natural. There's no chemicals. You're not going to get a crash at the end of the day. You're not going to have jitters. Uh, It doesn't curb your appetite, which is something I really, really like. And it is vegan-friendly. And it's gluten-free. There's no shellfish. There's no nuts. It's manufactured right here in the United States in an FDA-approved plant. Uh, Herberall.com is the website if you want to read more about it. The reviews on Amazon are ridiculously good. And I have my own link. So down below, click on the link. You got to give it a try and use my promo code real focus and you'll get free shipping and handling anywhere in the lower 48 states. Seriously, give it a shot, man. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to my first show. This is going to be so much fun. Like I've been really, really, really blessed to meet some awesome people along my journey. And I just I just want to share really cool stuff with everyone. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for stopping by. Once again, I want to thank my sponsor, Herberall.com. This stuff is really, really cool, really good. And uh, another shout out to my producer, Christy Page, CP in the house. This is Lyndall Keith signing off. You can check me out at LyndallKeith.info. That's L-Y-N-D-O-L-K-E-I-T-H. LyndallKeith.info is the site you can learn more about me. Follow me at Lyndall Keith on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, I don't tweet. I, don't, I tweet like once every six months, kind of like, uh, kind of like scratch off lottery tickets. Don't really do that that much. Um, however, here we go. Follow me. It's going to be an interesting journey. You guys have a good night. Peace out.